Hey there, it's Michelle Pilpich. I am a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer, and your host of this podcast, Simply Intuitive. On the show, we are talking about all things intuitive eating, active living, and breaking down what's true versus what's a myth in the wellness world so that you can focus on simple and sustainable ways to actually improve your health. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the health information floating around and you just want to know what to do to feel your best, you're in the right place. Not only are specific tips coming your way, but you can also count on conversations that will challenge your perspective on what health really means. So I hope you'll stick around for many episodes to come, but for now, let's get into today's show. Hi, Mimi. Hi. Welcome. Thanks so much. We were just saying how funny, how weird it is that we've spoken so much via voice note, but never in real time. In real time. Welcome so this to. Is very exciting. Yeah, this is very exciting. Everyone's here for our first conversation. <laughs> I love it. Okay, hello. Hi. So before we jump into what we want to talk about, can you just share? who you are and what you do and more about yourself. Yeah. Oh, do I, I'm going to have a time limit because otherwise I could just start for 45 minutes about me. Um, <laughs> <I am Mimi. laughs> we would love that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I'm Mimi. I'm a dietitian. I have been since I believe 2010, maybe around that time. Um, oh. I know I, it's been a while and also not a while, but anyway, um, I'm a dietitian. I started out in like, you know, health and wellness and weight management. And Mm. then after years of realizing that, like, I don't know that this is making me happy and, or is this actually working? Um, at the end, it felt like all of us feel like failures with, with weight management, because even with my quote unquote, most successful client, he gained his weight, the weight back. Um, Mm. So yeah, it just never felt, it felt like I was selling like a broken product. Anyways, I just felt bad about myself and about my body and about all of it. And so I found intuitive eating and I like heard about it and then immediately just signed up to do the instructor training. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Like I've heard about it one weekend on like a conference for bloggers. And then that week I signed up to do it. And (laughs) um all in. That was 2014. I hadn't even read the book. I'd literally never heard of it. Um, I know. And I do remember though, on the first, um, thing she was talking about, like, you have to put weight loss on the back burner and being like, hold up. What? And (laughs) it took me like, that was 2014. It took me until about 2018, 19 to like really start to feel like weight was not the most important thing. And then I remember writing, like researching for my book that I wrote in 2020. And I call it my Clark Griswold moment because it was, you know, in Christmas vacation when he has the like breakdown because he thinks he's getting a Christmas bonus, but instead it gets like jelly of the month club and he just like (laughs) completely loses it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I feel like that's how I felt when I was doing the research for my book because I was like all of the stuff that I learned in like just life and then also in college and in grad school is wrong because weight mm-hmm. is not as important as we've been taught just in the world, like I said, in college and grad school. And um, that was my Clark Griswold moment. And um, 
so yeah, I just started to do a like ton of research into more about yeah how weight is not the same thing as health. And now I help people focus on health and quality of life without the without the weight. Um, I'm so, yeah, so glad me. that you mentioned how long it took for you to fully be on board with intuitive eating because yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, who come to us for help kind of feel bad about that. And yeah. so it's important to normalize that it's it's not really normal to like come around to a brand new idea overnight. Yeah. And also it's really hard because like even if you are fully on board, um, it's hard because everybody else is not fully on board. So like right. you're like, I think even whether you're a professional, like a dietitian or some sort of health profession, or you're, you know, just trying to figure out like trying to be healthier or promote positive health or feel better or, you know, whatever. It's hard because everyone else is like, it's weight, it's weight, BMI, weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. My health journey, which is code word for my weight loss journey. Um, Right. Everything is just about weight. And so it's really, it's really hard to just let go of weight. Yeah. It absolutely is. And you get reminders from everywhere, like you said. So we're here to help for anyone yeah. who wants that. And yeah. we're going to talk about non-weight things, obviously, yeah. as we do. Imagine if we just did a podcast about weight loss after saying that. <laughs> um, non-weight ways to feel better. Because I think another thing that people don't realize about intuitive eating and about dietitians is like, we talk about more than just food. And yeah. it is very holistic, even though like holistic can have kind of a weird, um, I don't know what stereotype. Yeah. I like the word. And yes, we do approach things holistically. Yeah. And like everything we do is, is like, I mean, or everything I do and you do is like based in science. And I think it's mm-hmm. equally important to honor like someone's like life and their experiences and the things that they've had happen to them. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's like just so much more than food. And also I think people forget when they hear about like intuitive eating and stuff about like, it's not about weight. People are like, oh, well, it's not about weight for you. This is kind of a side tangent because like we both are in straight size bodies. And so people are like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, like you don't have to worry about your weight. And it's like really frustrating. I think for both sides. That's true, though. I always tell my clients, you know, I'm not coaching anyone on weight loss. And even if I were, if I were doing it in a healthy way, I mean, maybe I don't even like those words, but like, I still wouldn't change what I would do. If I were trying to act in an evidence-based way, I would do the same things, you know? Yeah. And I think like, people get so wrapped up in the weight thing when there's just like so much more. I think that is a, is like makes up our health. It's yes. so much more than just your weight. And that's not to say that like weight might not play a factor and it might not be in the way that like we think of it as like, oh, you're over a certain weight. So now you're quote unquote unhealthy or you're this weight. So now you're healthy. Sometimes it's that you're over a, over a specific weight. I hate the term overweight, obesity, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, all those words. Let's say you have a higher weight and you go to the doctor and the doctor like completely ignores all your symptoms and is like, oh, well, it would be better if you lost weight. Like that could be a factor in why you might want to lose weight. 
So I think mm-hmm. that there's like a lot more than weight. And I think sometimes in like the intuitive eating space, people are like, just put weight loss on the back burner, put weight on the back burner when not everybody has that luxury. Exactly. And it's hard to just shut it out of your mind when it's something you've been conditioned to think about for your whole life. And so it is something that comes up with doctors, with health professionals, like you're saying, it, and, and there is that assumption in the medical community that, oh, just lose weight and it will solve your problems. And then that becomes internalized. And I think people have the assumption that, okay, if I'm feeling negative about anything in my life, I just need to lose weight and that'll make it all better. And yeah. that's kind of what we want to talk about here. Like, how yeah. can you help your, yourself feel better in the ways that will really work and not just like resorting to weight loss, making everything physical um, when it really isn't? Yeah, exactly. We're not saying that you have to put weight loss on the back burner. We're just saying that like there are a lot of ways to feel better without any talk of weight because that's not what is important in a lot of cases. Right. So kick us off with one. Somebody is like, I am having a downtime, which I also want to point out, it might seem weird to be um, talking about this in the summer because everyone's like, oh, summer, yay, fun, whatever. Um, And not everybody feels great in the summer, especially because of body image and beaches and bathing suits and all of those triggers. And so whether it's body image or not, I also saw something recently about the fact that people can have seasonal affective disorder or like seasonal depression in the summer and not just in the winter, which was interesting to me. So if for any reason you're feeling down at any time of year, summer, winter, um, what's your first point for us? Yeah. I think the first thing is like to figure out what your basic things are. Like what are your, Mm -hmm. what's the bare minimum that makes you feel like, I hate the term self-care, but like what helps you feel taken care of? Like if you Mm -hmm. were to give someone a list, like, of these are the like five things that I need to be done for me every day. Um, if you don't know what those are, like on a day that maybe you feel a little bit more energetic or a day you feel a little bit better, like sit down and write those out. Um, mm-hmm. Like mine is like, I like to make sure that I wash my face before I go to bed. It's just like one mm-hmm. of those little things that like helps me feel taken care of. And it's also something that I notice like when I am not feeling my best, then I'll be like, oh. I'll just skip, like, I'll wash my face, like, in the shower. But then I, like, I love to put on, like, lotion and, like, I have, like, face oil that, like, smells good. And Mm -hmm. so it's, like, I notice it's almost, like, two things. It's, like, it helps me feel taken care of. And also when I don't feel like I want to do it, it's kind of a sign to me to be, like, ooh, something isn't, like, things are off. Um, And then that's the most important time to do it. Yeah, exactly. And like what else, what might be happening in my day-to-day that is making me feel off. Mm-hmm. Um, so how basic are we talking here? Are we also thinking about like make sure you're eating three meals a day? Yeah, make sure yeah. you're sleeping eight hours? Like can somebody's things be that? Yeah, yeah. I was about to say like also like making sure that you're eating every certain mm-hmm. amount of time. For me, it's helpful to have like times so I can look at the clock and be like, oh gosh. Yes. Um, because I will get really wrapped up in things and forget what time it is and forget like if I've eaten, um, like it's just, I am hungry sometimes, but like there are a lot of mornings that I wake up and I'm like, oh gosh, I 
feel not so great. And like food is the last thing that I want. Mm -hmm. But if I let myself go too long, then I'll like forget. And then I feel like a grouchy poo-poo head. And no one wants that. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants that. I have even had some clients set a timer because, you know, we want to eat every three to four hours, like not go longer than that. So I've told some people like, okay, while you are eating breakfast, set a three-hour timer so that when it goes off, you're like, okay, time to eat lunch. And then set a three-hour timer while you're eating lunch. And then it goes off, okay, time for a snack. Like it can be that, that's not stupid. You know, that's not like too much. That can actually be helpful because of exactly what you're saying. We all get wrapped up in things. People can get sucked into work, sucked into, and even if you like take a nap and miss a meal, that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think people get stuck stuck in this like I'm only supposed to eat when I'm hungry it's Mm -hmm. like maybe you set like the three-hour timer to do like a hunger check-in like how am I feeling right now um or you're like you know what right now I have a break and like I'm not necessarily super hungry but if I don't eat in the next two hours then I will be miserable Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna eat something um exactly that is like I I call it the logical part of intuitive eating. Like, yes, intuitive eating is intuitive and it's also practical and you have to plan. And that's another thing that I think is just not normalized. Like it's normal and necessary at times to eat when you're not hungry. And that's not always a bad thing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like an amazing, super balanced meal. Like Right. right before we got on this thing, I was like, oh, no what did I eat today? And when I woke up this morning, I had like a piece of toast and some coffee. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I need to have like more food. But then mm-hmm. we do not have any like cooked food in the fridge, except like <laughs> like protein kind of things. Usually I have like hard boiled eggs yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, and that yeah. kind of goes along with like, speaking of like the bare minimum, making sure you have things is like mm-hmm. have stuff for like bare minimum meals kind of things. Like right. I keep hard boiled eggs in the fridge. Um, do yourself a favor and have a carton that's labeled hard boiled, and then a carton <laughs> labeled regular, just just in case. Um, oh no! <laughs> yeah, hard boiled eggs are kind of a divisive topic. I feel like they're a love hate thing. Oh, I love really? them. I love. Them. But there have been so many times that I recommend them to a client, and they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> oh really? Oh my gosh! I guess I can I see that. Them. I mean, everybody like I just love them because they're like so easy. Um, so but easy. Have stuff they remind me of Easter. In- yeah, yeah, exactly. You can do things with them. You can make egg salad. You can make double eggs. Um, yes. You can just eat them. Uh, dogs <laughs> love hard-boiled eggs. Uh, I was just going to say, and my dog loves them. <laughs> yeah, my thing gets I was so actually, excited. Yeah, oh, I, I love them. Cody loves them. I was on the train back to the city from Jersey yesterday, and all of a sudden, this is like me giving into the stereotype of New Jersey, which I don't think is true, but the train was going through this kind of swampy area. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, it smells like hard boiled eggs in a bad way. <laughs> I was like, it smells yeah. like rotten eggs. And I had Cody and he comes up out of his carrier and starts sniffing like crazy. I was like, buddy, there oh are no God. eggs. I'm sorry. <laughs> but sorry, it was so no funny. Eggs. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, they do. They can smell weird. Maybe don't bring them on a plane, but. Right. <laughs> but otherwise, prep them, eat them. They're a great thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I pretty much always have trail mix on hand, yeah. like literally with me in my bag and in my pantry. Um, that's a, a really good go-to snack that I like. 
yeah, so like have a like your basic snacks, like your bare minimum things. So when you're like, I need to eat, again, it does not need to be some like fancy photo worthy meal. It's like mm-hmm. I just need something and I always try to do like kind of like the bare minimums, like do I have a carbohydrate and do I have a protein? Yeah, I feel like whenever I'm doing like making sure I have stuff in the pantry in the fridge that's like super easy, it's like hard boiled eggs, some kind of nuts, um, like cereal, cheese, all the things that I do not have to think about. I just got so excited. <laughs> Want to hear oh, one I know, of my I saw your excited face. <laughs> Want to hear one of my favorite, like super, super easy meals? Yeah. Um, macaroni and cheese okay. with frozen broccoli and frozen edamame mixed in protein veggie and delicious mac and cheese that's a really good idea the trader joe's like already shelled Mm. frozen edamame is so good i try to always have that in the freezer i just took them i try to always have that in the freezer that's so nice so yeah so I love that. Oh, I need to try that. I feel like I do a lot of like canned tuna and canned beans. Those are like another very divisive food. Yeah. Canned tuna. I love a lot of people hate and canned salmon. I also really like Mm -hmm. speaking of foods that dogs love. (laughs) Yep. Me and Watson love the same foods. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. So I always try to keep like chicken salad or something in the fridge too. And like saltines. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I always just, I know that I have something, um, but yeah, so like the bare minimum, basic needs, food, yes, like rest, sleep, and then like some way that just like makes you feel taken care of, whether that's like making sure that you have your favorite blanket with you when you're watching TV mm-hmm. or like watching your favorite TV shows mm-hmm. or like, I don't know. There's like- Even being like put together in the most basic way, I love that. Um, like sweat sets have become so trendy and like matching athletic sets so like you can feel like okay I'm putting on an outfit but I'm still just as comfortable as I would be in pajamas yeah 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 I know I do I was gonna say I'm not a like I have tried to like put on clothes to feel better and I'm like you know what I hate pants I like (laughs) oh same (laughs) here here's my thing I need to feel like my outfit is cohesive. So this was such a thing during like, you know, quarantine times. I feel like people would be wearing their pajama bottoms and then like a button down shirt. And I can't do that because mentally I'm like, I don't work together. Like this doesn't go. My top and bottom half have to be cohesive. So either I'm dressed in like a real clothes outfit and yes, that might mean I'm wearing jeans at home. That is rare. I rarely wear jeans at home. Um, but sometimes I do because I'm like, I just have to, it has to work. Or I'm leaning more towards super casual, comfy, but it's like just put together enough that yeah. I look presentable on screen if I have sessions or something. So like, yes, I'll be wearing like leggings, but with something that matches and goes and like it just, it has to be cohesive. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Yeah. Just what, and that's your bare minimum. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just make your outfit to be cohesive. Right. Right. Just match. Although sometimes I did take Cody out in my pajamas yesterday. It was late and I was like, I'm not going to see anyone. And then I saw like six people in the elevator. So always, 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 every single time. 
I, yeah, I have like certain shorts that are like my go-to, like non, non feel like I'm wearing pants. They're my non-pants shorts. Yes. Don't feel like you're wearing pants. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, so also investing in those items that you feel like, okay, I look put together. I, I like the way I look in this and I like the way I feel in this. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, but yeah, so the first one is all of our tangents included. Just what are yes. your basic needs? What is like the bare minimum? So like you don't completely fall off. Um, like something that's like really weird and like silly is like, I just feel good when I make my bed. Just mm-hmm. And by make my bed, I mean throw the comforter up. Like I don't even <laughs> like so undo weird, the isn't sheet. That? Um, <gasps> no, I am like, so the same way. Yeah. Yes. So I just am like, what are these like, what are, yeah, like, what are like five things that I can do? Like, make my bed, wash my face at night, Mm -hmm. make sure that I eat three, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, Sometimes I like try to see if I can drink one bottle of water. I hate water. Yeah. I just do not drink water. So is it like, can I drink a pot of tea or a a bottle of water? Herbal tea. I do like water. But sometimes it yeah. needs a little something. Yeah. Some electrolytes, some something. Mix it with yeah. juice. Juice seltzer. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh gosh. I I drink so much seltzer. <laughs> I wish that I didn't. I love it. Like I just I feel like I'm like, oh, I just went through half of a like half of a case of seltzer. Oh yeah, you just have to like buy it so frequently. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's getting expensive. Anyways. Anyway, um, okay, so basic things and like making a list of those, having your go-tos when you're in a yeah. good mood, pay attention to, okay, what are the things I like to do every day? Write them down so you have that as yeah. a go-to. Yeah, I, and I think like it's helpful to do when you're in a good mood like and yeah. to like notice these things. Um, yes. And then the second one is like self-compassion, which I know is one that everyone's like, okay, blah, blah, blah. But it's like scientifically, two things. One, it is scientifically proven to make you feel better versus like shaming yourself and beating yourself up is, does not. Not only is it not helpful, but it also harms you. Um, And then second of all, I think a lot of people think of self-compassion as like woo-woo or like too lenient. Like, oh, if I'm Mm -hmm. self-compassionate, then I'll just let myself go. And, um, I think first of all, like, again, it's, it's science backed. Like it is not, if you're compassionate to yourself, you will not let yourself go. You'll just like let yourself be, and you will find Mm -hmm. it is a lot of times easier to like do things for yourself and easier to kind of like help yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is there's like two parts to self-compassion. I think it's like, um, there's like, you know, the one that's like the, the compact, like the comforting, like caretaking version of self-compassion. But then there's also like the protector, like motivator version. I think mm-hmm. I have like the self-compassion workbook with um, like Kristen Neff, I think Kristen is the researcher. Neff, yeah. um, her first book was like a little bit, I didn't love it as much. Um, it's kind of like diet culture-y. There's like things in there that kind of talk about really? stuff that I'm like, I oh, know. I need to read it again. I read, you yeah. know, I used to have such a visceral reaction to just the words self-compassion. I was like, oh, yeah. that is just, oh, I don't want to talk about it, hear about it, everything. I yeah. hated it. Um, and I did read the book. 
and I liked it. I need to go back and read it again. I don't remember what was diet culture, but yeah, it's true. It's like, it, it does work as counterintuitive as it sounds. And it's so related to body image. You know, I, I tell clients about it all the time and like, you know, can you be self-compassionate to yourself and also in the sense of like recognizing that everybody is going through this, you know, I always tell people like, you're not alone in this struggle. I literally have an entire career based on helping people work through their stuff with food and body image. And so just recognizing like that common struggle can be self-compassion and to your point of like this actually works, you can ask yourself, okay, I've shamed myself in the past. I've told myself how much I hate my body. Like, where did that get you? Yeah. Did that do what you were looking for? Right. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah. No, exactly. And there's like, um, I know that there's like the three components. It's like, um, common humanity over like feeling alone, kind of what you're saying. Like everybody's going through this. And then now that I think one is like mindfulness, I think it is. It's like Mm -hmm, just paying attention. mm -hmm. I can't remember what the other one is now. Um, I can't remember either. I'm sure I could find it like a five second Google search. But that being said, (laughs) um, yeah, I think it's just like we get, I used to have the exact same experience, like self-compassion, like get out of here. Like Mm -hmm. that's not going to work again. Like I'm going to just become a lazy bum. I'm not going to do anything like Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just always think like, I'm like, you don't need to be like, oh, you're doing great, Mimi, like talking to yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. You can be like, you know what, like, this is hard that what you're going through, or like, it makes sense that you're feeling this way. And like, what is something you can do? Like, what's one step you can do right now that just like would help you feel a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, And by like, step, I mean, like, stand up and stretch because your back is hurting you. So like, instead of just sitting there being like, oh, I, my, my lower back's hurting. Like I got to stop sitting all day. I need to go work out. I'm such a, and then like going down the rabbit hole of like, I haven't worked out in a week. Like no wonder my back hurts. Like I'm such a bum. And I've gained X like, amount of weight. And why didn't I join that gym in January and blah, 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 yeah, blah. It yeah. can get extreme. And then instead of being like, okay, hey, hold up. My back is hurting right now. I have been sitting a long time. What if I got up, stretched for like one minute, if that and then got like a snack and like regrouped. <laughs> like, yes, it I've doesn't this, need to. Yeah. I've had this exact conversation with people of like, I'm afraid to start because I'm not going to be able to do something to the max. And uh-huh. it's like, okay, so then why is not even starting the answer rather than let me take one step and then. Yeah that's going to move me closer to my goal, which doesn't even have to be the max of whatever it is you're thinking about. Right, right. And like, yeah, I think we, I mean, I am so guilty of this. Like there are so many instances in my life where I'm like, why am I not just doing what I want to do? Um, Oh, a thousand percent. (laughs) And I think everyone is. But like, especially when you're like feeling just like total poop, like just saying, and you don't even have to say something nice to yourself. It can just be like, neutral. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is especially helpful when it comes to like bodies and like body image and like how you feel about yourself. It's like, you don't need to be like, Oh, I, I hate the whole, like, just love your body. It's like, get out of here. No one is just (laughs) going to love their body. 
That's so um, hard. Yeah, like no matter what you look like, no one's like, God, I love my body 24 mm-hmm. 7. Um, especially if you're aging because you get like weird aches and pains because you slept like you slept the exact same as you always do, but for some reason you woke up feeling like your neck was going to fall off, you know? Like, or now that you're... like TikTok aging filter is sending everyone into a spiral, <laughs> including oh. myself. <laughs> I haven't looked at it. I just i Don't. i had to Don't. i had to just delete TikTok. It just is like a cesspool. Um, I know it's helpful. I do love TikTok, but it yeah, it, was, it can be hard yeah. for the self compassion. And I, I love that with body image because yes, you're a hundred percent right. Like neutrality is so much more helpful than positivity. And and that is not to say like if you resonate with body positivity, yeah. more power to you. Great, of course, love not that. my thing. Love it for you. Um, I think this is really helpful with fitness as well. And people work wanting to improve their fitness, their strength, their endurance, whatever it is, because it's really hard to feel like you're not good at something. And so yeah. exactly what you said before, like, why does this make sense? Oh, I just started running and I haven't done this before. I have never run more than a mile before, whatever it is, like it makes sense. And this, this I'm looking at um, my keyboard that is right next to me in my apartment. This is me 100% with piano. When I was in fourth grade, I begged my parents to let me take piano lessons. I wanted to learn an instrument. I wanted to play piano. And I took lessons through middle school. And then I stopped in high school. I was playing sports and busy. And then I went to college and I like did not have a piano in my dorm, obviously. Um, <laughs> and then I did take lessons for one semester and my teacher was, he thought I was like a prodigy. I would be so bad and I would not practice. And he's like, oh, you have such musicality. I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but he was very kind. Um, and, you know, I've always said in my adulthood, like, I want to go back to it. It's so fun to play an instrument. It's so satisfying. It's such a great way to like get into a flow state. Like there are all of these positives similar to what we know about exercise, like it can help yeah. your mood and your mental health and all those things. But when you go to do it, when I sit down at the piano and I'm not amazing right away, I'm like, oh, it's not worth it. And yep. that's how people are with yeah. exercise, right? Like yes. they go for a run and they're like, I, I have to walk two minutes in. Ugh, it's not worth it. But like, yeah, you really have to just do it. That's the worst advice ever. It is the right advice. And do it and have self-compassion for when you are not amazing right away because that's so human. Right, right. Like, you're not going to be perfect at it. But it is hard to try something new and it's hard to be, like, to not know what's happening and it's hard to do something new. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just said that. But it's hard when you're not good at something. And it feels, like, super, uh, like, demoralizing and just, like, discouraging when you're, like, I'm not good at this. Um. And then add on the fact that like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, especially a lot of people who, you know, maybe already have a challenging relationship with food. Like it tends to be kind of the type A perfectionist personality that probably was the gifted student in the honors classes. And like, you might just be used to being good at things. And so if you're not, it can be extra defeating because it's yeah. like, well, I'm just supposed to be good at things. But like, what kind of crazy expectation is that, you know? Right, right. And yeah, it just feels like when you're like 
and then add that on top of the fact that you like I guess like our theme is like you don't feel great you're just like trying right. to get out of either a slump or you just like are trying to help yourself and it's like why bother if I'm just going to feel bad about myself more because I'm not going to be able to do the full run or mm-hmm. I'm going to feel dumb at the workout class like I just started I I used to teach bar three like 10 years ago in New Orleans and then like took a break after it closed in San Diego and then they reopened one and I just realized that it had reopened. And so I went back to it in April and then I was like, Oh God, I missed this. So now I teach it again. And there's always like a new client that comes in and they're like, I'm not good at dancing. And I'm like, Oh gosh, (laughs) please no, (laughs) you do not need to dance. (laughs) Like if you knew me, I remember when I first did like started teaching, like half of my friends were like, you're doing what? You're a fitness instructor? <laughs> like, because I was the most unsports. I feel like you'd be great at it. But so, but I'm like so uncoordinated. Um, like, you know, even like yesterday I was doing one where you had to like pull your, like a chest press and then to a lap mm-hmm. pull. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm like walking around, like helping people and like making sure the fans are on. And then I go in and I'm like doing it wrong. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Just a fun fact. Like if you're doing it wrong and you mess it up, like – that's okay. Um, And I just, I had a lady, like, she's about to turn 71 after class. And she was like, I just appreciate that, like, you know, sometimes I'm wobbly and it's nice because, like, you wobble too. And, like, it makes me feel less, like, alone and bad at it. I'm like, I think it's, it's like, one of those things is, like, you're, like, especially in a workout class, this is a side tangent, but, like, especially in that, like, you're getting out of your comfort zone, like, that's a good thing when you wobble Mm -hmm. and when you fall and when you're not doing it perfectly because it means that, like, you're growing, like, you're Mm -hmm. helping yourself, like, you know, you're improving your balance if you're in, like, a one-legged thing and you're wobbling. Like, if you're perfect, then, like, you know, it's not really helping you as much, I don't think. Exactly. I... I did a a strength workout yesterday for the first time in like a week or two and today I'm sore and Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that was a workout that, you know, a few weeks ago would not have made me sore. And so, yes, there is that part of me that's like, I shouldn't be sore. But then I was really consciously thinking like, no, this means that I have an opportunity to really improve my strength. And like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like... A cool thing. So what if you think about mm-hmm. it in like, I think it's just like self-compassion maybe isn't a word if it doesn't resonate with you. What if it's just like non-judgy, non-jerk yeah. face? How can I be non-jerk. less of a jerk to myself? You know, like mm-hmm. I think like words can be like sometimes people are like, oh, that's just like semantics. But I think it can be really helpful. Like if self-compassion does not relate to you, kind of how we were both saying we both hated that phrase. Like yeah. just like what can you do to be less of a jerk to yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And like, yeah. So then, um, yeah, moving on to like the third one. Yes. Tell us. Um, this one obviously is the best one because mm-hmm. I would say the best for last, but like best what is something last. you can do every single day that feels like a treat, like mini treats. They don't need to be like physical treats, like, but they can be like, I love candy. I love Every kind of dessert. What is your favorite candy? Cookies. Okay, candy oh, or, okay. or like cookies. <laughs> cookies for dessert. I'm gonna give you an array because I can't give me the rundown, one. please. Your ranking. Okay. I might. Well, I can't rank. I can just give you okay an, a, a spread because okay. it depends on the day. 
Yes. Yeah, so um, what is on your uh, dessert buffet table? Yeah. So cookies, number one, iced sugar cookies, oh, like yum. the pretty ones, because I love the way that they look, but they have to taste good. Um, that I is think very they kind important. Of always did. I feel like those are always. I have had some so bad good. experiences. Really? Yeah, oh. but I found a good recipe, so that's good. Um, oh, good. I could just Can go you make like. Them? Yeah, I love to make them. Do you do the decorating? I do. And so this is one of the things that we were talking about earlier is I'm not yeah. perfect at it. So okay, obviously. <laughs> I obviously, Yeah. Um, it's really hard. It's like, so hard. And it's so hard to get the colors right. That was like going to be one of my pandemic hobbies. And I bought yeah. the icing and everything and like all the stuff and the food coloring and it was in, it must've been fall of 2020. I was trying to make like acorns and leaves and the fall colors were just not fall colors. It was oh, really yeah. Like, I don't even do fall colors. Sad. I'm like bright pastels. Um, no, that's probably smarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I bought like courses on how to decorate cookies and cool. I, I'm not good at it and I get so mad and I give up and there is like probably a pound of icing in the freezer <laughs> Mike is every other day like, what are you, what are you going to do about this icing? I'm like, one day I'm going to figure out how to perfectly decorate cookies. So maybe I should listen to what we're saying to each other right now and go I think be that, bad at it. Yeah, those who can't do teach, right? I could take this advice too. <laughs> Gosh, seriously. Um, but yeah, so like my dessert spread. Okay. I love yeah. sweet tarts. Um, I love Ooh. chewy sweet tarts, like the big chewy sweet tarts oh, yeah. that you get at a gas mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. Um, then I love a Butterfinger and Reese's, obviously, oh, but the bigger Reese's, because they have a better peanut butter to chocolate ratio, obviously want more mm-hmm. peanut butter. I don't mm-hmm. want your stupid mini Reese's um, or Reese's Pieces. I kind of like those too. The, oh, Reese's Pieces. I made chocolate chip cookies recently with Reese's oh, Pieces those in them. Those are good. Those are good. That was really good. good. What about Reese's I like, Egg? So the I have done a, a very detailed testing of all the different Reese's. <laughs> Why am I pumpkin. not at all surprised? <laughs> pumpkin king size are the best. The pumpkin king size specifically have to be king of size. the pumpkin. Yes. Okay. Because the okay. eggs they have gotten lazy and they now put too much chocolate on the eggs, and no one agrees with me. Um, <laughs> I have done like a side by side testing because oh I'm second is the hearts, so you got to get those oh. after Valentine's Day. Um, sometimes the, the little part where the heart comes together can get a little bit too much chocolate, but otherwise oh it's God. pretty good chocolate to peanut butter ratio. I am not kidding when I tell you that I go the day after each <laughs> holiday and I buy all the king size Reese's. I believe it. Yeah. Um, That's real dedication. So yeah. So king sized is the way to go if you want more peanut butter. And then I love, um, I love York peppermint patties. Oh, me but too. You can only have a couple of those because they just get like too much. And then you can't drink water mm-hmm. right after. It's like you feel like your brain is about to explode. Um, <laughs> Snickers are okay. I'd rather have a Snickers ice cream bar if I'm going to do that. But then mm-hmm. I'd prefer popsicles over ice cream, which hmm. I know is like a not a popular take, but I love popsicles. No, huh. I could just yeah. eat like a whole – I used to just – when I was when I study or like when I wrote my book, I just – bought like a big thing of gobstoppers and just ate gobstoppers the whole time I was writing. <laughs> and in college when I used to study, I used to just eat popsicles, like just one by one by one. Like 
You're I, not a huge popsicle person. Oh, like they're gosh. fine when it's really hot. But what about gummy candy? Swedish fish, if we're talking candy like candy, Swedish fish. Swedish fish and Twizzlers are my favorites. I like those. I like Sour Patch Kids for gummies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not the like watermelon. Oh, I don't like gummy bears either. No, the because the texture of Swedish fish is a thousand times better than way better the texture of a gummy bear. Yes, and the same goes for like fruit snacks when they taste have the texture of a gummy bear. No, when they have the texture of a Swedish fish. Yes, they Um, have to taste like they're a little bit stale on the outside. Yes, exactly. That's great. That's a great way to put it. That's exactly exactly it. The Mott's fruit snacks. You can get the big box from Costco. Those are my favorite fruit snacks. Scooby fruit snacks used to be better, but their <laughs> texture since childhood has changed. changed I am not it. kidding when I tell you I am so specific about foods that I like. Um, and I love, <laughs> like, simple carbohydrates are the way to my heart. Like, oh, yeah. A, like, last weekend was our anniversary, and mm-hmm. Mike got me a box of saltines, and I could not have been happier. Stop I it. What? I had been talking about how much I wanted saltines all week, but I kept forgetting to buy them. And he came saltines. in and he was like, I bought you saltines. And I was like, oh my God, you didn't even get me like, I usually just buy the store brand because I'm cheap. And he got me fancy store, like brand name saltines. Name brand saltines. Wow. Living yeah. large. <laughs> I mean, then again, then he took me out to dinner, but <laughs> I was like, to get to dinner. I just want saltines. All I wanted to um, That's so funny. Yeah. So, so yeah, I. Um, speaking of what we were talking about, to go back to the, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I think the conversation we just had was most important. But of course, have a mini treat every day, and like, again, it can be like a favorite TV show that you've been saving, mm-hmm. or like, I think just like having something to look forward to. Maybe mini treat is not the right word, but just like having something to look forward no, to. But I think it is. Yes, and I I like, like the idea of thinking of a treat as anything enjoyable it doesn't have to be just food because I think people think of it as food and then they become scared of it and they're like Ugh, I'm overindulging and so like why yeah. can't we change the way we think about just pleasurable things and make like yeah. not have such a separation between like these are the f- the rules for food and then these are the rules for enjoyment in general like no have a treat yeah. sometimes it's watching a show sometimes maybe it's doing your nails sometimes it's a favorite food which yeah I have opinions. I would love to hear your opinions on emotional eating. Ooh. I think all food is emotional. All eating is emotional. Like, ooh. And thank God it is because I got COVID in 2021 and it was right after my dad had passed away and he'd been sick for a long time. So it was like, you know, it was, it was, it is what it is. And I got COVID and I lost my sense of smell and taste and it was, the worst, honestly, like it was the worst thing ever because I did not want to eat anything. It was just such mm-hmm. a chore to eat. I was mm-hmm. eating like just an avocado because I was like, I need as many calories as possible because I hate doing this. Um, So wow. like, thank God eating is emotional. And like kind of going back, like when my dad did pass away, like every brought, everybody brought food and it's like, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Like they... Are there like, I just think there's so much that like, it's, I think we need to see food as emotional as a good thing. Like, yes. Um, 
like, first of all, it tastes good. So, hey, happy emotions. Isn't that nice? Um, second of all, like, it can connect you to different things, whether that's people. Um, like, I like to make, uh, like, recipes that were my dad's, and that helps me feel connected to him. I like to, like, make, I don't know, like, recipes from, like, places I traveled or, like, you know, um, Sometimes my mom like will go on trips and she'll take pictures of meals that they liked. And she's like, I feel like you would want to recreate this or something. And it's like, that's such a cool way to like connect to different cultures Mm -hmm. or connect to your culture or to connect to people and like birthday party. Like, I don't know. I just think that we like think about food as this like negative thing if it's emotional. And then there's like that side of it. And then also people come home from work and they say, like, I feel like that's when like a lot of times people feel like they quote unquote emotionally eat is like when they're stressed or when they um, are having a bad day or something. And so they just like go to the pantry and like stuff their face with chips. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that in that, like, if that's the coping mechanism you have in this moment, then like, then that's okay. Um, But can you come up with like, kind of going back to like how we talked about write down what your basic needs are. Like what if you had like a list of coping mechanisms? Um, yes. And that's like one of the things I help my clients with is like, let's figure out your coping mechanisms. And also like mm-hmm. food is a coping mechanism. It's a great right. coping mechanism, but it can't be the only one because right. it no longer has as much positive. It no longer impacts you as much if it's your only coping mechanism. Right. And like food right. can go – in with other coping mechanisms like you know let's say you have you know every time you call your mom it's going to be a stressful conversation and every time you get off the phone with her you just want to grab chips and go watch tv what if like you know that this is going to happen so you go like while you're on the phone with mom you go on a walk so it like helps you feel like you're doing things and then you have like a bowl of chips ready to go when you get home from a walk or you have like a bowl of chips and a smoothie or something that's like a bowl of chips and some cheese. So you're like, not, I don't know that balancing it is the right word because I don't think you ever have to balance to make it okay. But like, is just eating chips going to make you feel your best? Maybe. Right. But like maybe yourself what you need. Yeah. But like maybe mm-hmm. eating chips and cheese or chips and a smoothie or like a walk and chips could be more effective and like right I don't think you're ever I don't think it's ever like a bad decision it's just like what can you learn from it after it happens or what can you learn from it for the future yeah I I agree with that and I definitely share similar things with my clients like yes emotional eating is a way to cope and it is an option that we want to have among options. And so, yes, like we all do it sometimes. Nobody cuts out emotional eating entirely. That's just not really yeah. possible. And so it, it also ties into the self-compassion piece of can we just realize like this is something that's going to happen. And so let me accept it and embrace it when it happens and also have an arsenal of other things so that exactly like you're saying, it's what I tell people is we just want to make sure that it's intentional and not compulsive. And like, it can be more of an eating disorder behavior if it's compulsive and you feel like I have no control over it. And I'm like, not even aware that I made that choice, but if it's a choice you're aware of and you're like, this is going to help me feel how I want to feel. That's different. And it's the same thing with exercise, right? Like 
exercise is a way to cope. And it can also be taken to an extreme to the point where it gets Mm -hmm. unhealthy. But diet culture normalizes that as very healthy. And so it's therapy. Right, right. Oh my gosh, no. Um, And so same thing, like any single tool you have is just a single tool and you don't want to lean on one thing all the time because also like it's not always available. You know, you might be super stressed when you're on the go out and you forgot to bring snacks with you. And so like, you don't have what you need. Same thing with exercise. You might use it as your way to de-stress. And then what happens if you get injured or sick and you can't like, we just need a wide variety of things. Yeah. I heard somebody say like, you have to have a toolbox and it's like, you can't just use a hammer for everything. Yes. So it's yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Like, you need other, I don't know what the other tools names are. But, <laughs> um, a screwdriver. A screwdriver. <laughs> That's the only other tool we know. <laughs> That's all I got. I mean, now granted, if you have a hammer like I have that has like, it has a hammer, but it like has a little spot that you can unscrew and then it has like yeah, a, a little thing on the back there. to pull out. Yeah. Oh, like, that's like a cool hammer. <laughs> but maybe that's like you're eating a snack that also has other things that help you feel your best, you know? Like, that is your I love analogy. Hammer. <laughs> Me <Yeah>. too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I know, I think like, yeah, it's not that nothing is wrong with emotional eating. And mm-hmm. I think even kind of, I loved how you said like it's a choice that you make. And when you're not noticing mm-hmm. it, like that's when it can be really harmful. And like, there isn't, I think it's hard. People are like, okay, I'm going to make a choice. And they get wrapped up in this like, okay, usually I'm just like coming home and eating a bunch. And then afterwards I'm feeling guilty. And then they're like, okay, now I'm going to pay attention to it. And that's like step one. But you don't go from like paying attention to it to like never doing it again. There's like a million steps on the way there. It's like maybe you notice it. But a lot of times like in the beginning, especially like when you're starting to do intuitive eating, you feel like a monster almost. You're like, how I feel so it's almost like you feel more out of control than you did before because you are like I am just eating in an uncontrollable way how do I stop and so it's like when we do the like mental like I need to be stopping I shouldn't be eating it almost makes it worse yeah. um so I think like letting go of like the fact that coping emotional eating whatever is a bad thing it's just like this is the choice I'm making and like it has no moral value. It is just, this is a choice. And after I make this choice, like I can see how I feel and be like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to make that choice as often. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to happen again. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to never do this again, but maybe you want to do it less because you feel physically like poop. Um, so you're like, Hey, what's another option? And then you again. circle back to step one of like, I'm not feeling my best. What are my non-negotiables? What are my basics? Yes. Yeah. Like, and keep going. Yeah. And then our last, well, mini treats. Yeah. So just like find something yeah. and it doesn't have to be every single day. Um, sometimes that can feel like, hell, now I have another thing I got to do every day. Right, right. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> what if it's like once a week? Like I love yeah. happy hours because mm-hmm. food is fun and having it cheaper is even more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, a happy hour is like something I always look forward to. Um, but like, what's something silly or like, you know, uh, a box of saltines? Um, <laughs> or like, what's something just that like you can look forward to? It can be once a week. It can be once a month. 
It can be like a trip you plan. It doesn't need to be something huge. And then to kind of wrap it all up, I think that the most important thing is like to let someone know um, or like Mm -hmm. let people into the fact that you're feeling like poop. Mm -hmm. Um, I recommend picking somebody that's not going to give you a bunch of advice. Maybe start off by being like, hey, like you feel like a safe person and I'm just either – like tell them you are like not feeling your best and just say like, I just want to tell you this because it feels less alone and more helpful to let someone know. I don't want advice. I don't need mm-hmm. accountability, whatever. I'm just letting you know. Or like when you're looking at your basic needs, your bare minimum, like if someone can help you in those areas, ask for help. Like for me, making meals three times a day is very challenging. Um, and like, I do live with my partner and luckily he does like to cook. And so like he is in charge of making dinner and a lot of time, like he makes sure that we have like some kind of food and lunch in the kitchen. Um, And so like I ask him for help with like making sure that I eat enough. Um, But like, I know that obviously that's not accessible for everybody, but like in some way, like either reach out, ask somebody for support, tell them that you're struggling or that you just, or just not feeling your best, or ask for help, and or both. Right, and even asking maybe, like, hey, have you ever felt this way? Because like you were saying earlier, like, you and I have had moments of feeling down, being not in the best place, and then once we finally say it, it's like, oh, me too. And like, I think you're alone in things that you're not alone in. Yeah, like, everybody's, I mean, especially just gestures at the world, Um, (laughs) you know, like... Especially with what's happening. What year are we in? How old am I? What are we doing? Um, But like, yeah, everybody's in like kind of a funk at least every now and then. And yeah, like we voice message all the time, but -hmm. neither one of us was like, I mean, I think both of us could probably tell that the other one was like not feeling 100% every single day. But like you were like, yeah, I've just been kind of in a slump. And I'm like, oh my God, me too for like Mm -hmm. the last year. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, <laughs> like nobody ever literally. wants to say it, but yeah. once you say it, it's like, oh, yeah. And it's yeah. not to like, you know, I think that can also get to a dangerous place and in, in especially like the body image. Um, yeah. Just in the case of body image, people can kind of like use it as a way to just feed off of each other and hating mm-hmm. on themselves and like, oh, I look so gross. And then someone's like, oh, well, yes. no, you don't look as gross as me. And so it's not that. It's more of the like, oh, I really understand you and like have been there and this is normal and we can work on supporting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Less of like, I know, I think like a, less of like, I said, gosh, I saw a reel the other day. It was like, ask them questions, like get to know what's mm. happening and not like trying to immediately relate to them exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, like if you're having a body image struggle, instead of being like, oh, I feel bad about my body or the typical, like I feel quote unquote fat. Um, and then the other person usually is like, oh, at least you can fit into blah, blah, blah. You know, it just like kind mm-hmm. of is like a negative cycle. It's not helpful. It's like, or just hey, making assumptions and like, yeah, you might say something. <laughs> I feel like if somebody's assuming what you're thinking, yeah, I feel gross. And they're like, oh, do you think that you're like, I don't want to use that as an example, but if they're like, oh, do you like, are you self-conscious about your wrinkles? It's like, well, I wasn't until you pointed it out. (laughs) I wasn't, but now I am. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like, 
I think like when you do share, when you do, it's almost like seeing if you can find somebody that is going to like uplift you, like help you mm-hmm. either meet your basic needs, offer yourself self-compassion. Like, and if you don't have a friend like that, you don't have somebody like that, like, you know, I think journaling is really helpful and mm-hmm. kind of how we were saying in the beginning, like when you're in a more positive mood, like write out your basic needs. And also like later we talked about like write out your coping mechanisms. Like sometimes I will have a list. I heard this on, um, I think Glennon Doyle was talking about how she does this. Like mm-hmm. she writes out a list of like all the things that are going well in her life when she's in a good mood. So then when oh, she's like, like feeling depressed or like for me, mm-hmm. it's like always around the time of it, like certain times in my cycle and like everything is awful. Like I have my list of like, oh, these are like cute little things that happened to me in the day. Or just even like kind of talking about like the mini treats, like start a list of like all the little ways that like your day wasn't awful. Like Mm -hmm. start there. What isn't awful today? Um, Right. (laughs) Like you don't need to have a gratitude practice. Just write down wasn't awful. What's not awful? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Like just how can you like, I think. I think we just try to, I think we try to go from like feeling bad, not good automatically to like feeling great mm-hmm. when that isn't a thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's the whole body positivity thing. Like if it doesn't resonate for you, then it's just going to make you feel like you're failing at something else. So mm-hmm. like one more thing just, to fail at because you don't love yes, your body. Just go for the, the small hell. steps. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can love their body when we're constantly told nobody's good enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really wild the messages we get. Yeah. but so starting yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's basically it. And like, just the other thing I was gonna say, if um you feel like you don't have someone to support you in that way, reach out to us. Especially, I would say we will be your friends. Are a yeah. challenge. Yes, we will be your friends. We will be your dietitian. We will be your uh, Instagram people. Whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's obviously something that we love to do is supporting other people. So. Yeah. Can you share how you do that, how people can follow you, find you? Yeah. I, I post on Instagram mostly. I used to try – I tried TikTok for like three minutes and, again, realized it just wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Not for me. And, um, yeah, so I I have a food blog actually too. I have a bunch of recipes, especially mm-hmm. if you are lazy and or do not like to wash dishes. I am very – hate washing dishes like – I, my goal in life is like, how many dishes can I not use? Um, now spoons, I use a thousand spoons. Anyways, that is not the point. The point (laughs) is that I have a recipe blog. Um, I am updating recipes because there's like 700 of them. And I started it in 2011 when I was very, very much in my, um, weight management, everything, everybody needs to be skinny years. Um, Luckily, I've like archived those for now. So you don't get those, but there are a ton of actually really good recipes on there that are just like the languaging around them. Right. Yeah. How can you even come up with 700? That's so impressive. No. Um, I mean, like this includes like desserts and sides and drinks, lots of drinks. still. Um, Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a recipe blog, um, and then I do I see clients one on one, and help them with, you know, body image and eating and nutrition misinformation. Mm-hmm. You know, very very similar. And then also like to do Instagram. I go through phases where I'm like really active on it, and then other phases where I'm like I cannot handle it 
Vorax is not. Why are we telling people to eat Vorax? Is that a thing? Oh, that's a new thing. Yeah. Put Vorax in your coffee because it helps with inflammation. I'm like, I put Vorax (laughs) in the laundry to help with the pee smells on Watson's like reusable pee pads. Thank you. (laughs) So concerning. Wow. Yeah. Those are the same people that like. If you don't want to eat Vorax, see us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like same people that are like, organic is the way to go. Conventionally grown foods are bad. I'm like, you're eating like ant killer. You know that, right? (laughs) (sighs) Wow. Good times. Wow. Um, And just for, just to clarify, I think that conventionally grown foods are great and I don't ever buy organic unless it's the only option. And that is (laughs) what I would buy on. (laughs) Love it. So I will share links to all of your platforms so everyone can find you. Yay. And keep up. Thanks for having me. It was so fun to chat. This was so fun. Yes. Our first real combo. And hopefully there will be many more. Yes. Love it. All right. Thanks for coming. And there you have it. That is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. If you did, I would love to hear what's resonating for you. Send me a DM on Instagram or share the episode to your stories and tag me so that I can see that you're listening and hopefully loving it. You can also share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and spread some intuitive eating love to everyone around you. As always, five-star ratings and reviews are so appreciated, so you can drop me one of those. Be sure to also check out the show notes for all the links that I mentioned and more information on myself and my nutrition private practice. Other than all that, I hope you have a great day and a great week, and I will catch you in the next episode.